Welcome to A First Perspective with Victoria. I'm so excited to be able to share these conversations with you all, whether I'm sitting down with friends I've known my entire life, mentors that I look up to, or just people who have unique experiences and interesting perspectives on everything that's going on in the world today. I'm so grateful to be able to sit down with these people and share their stories and share their opinions and just be able to have fun with everything. As the title of the podcast suggests, this is all about seeing everything from a new perspective and learning more about other people's perspectives. So it's important to listen with an open mind and a willingness to see things from other people's points of view. And I hope that along the way you are able to either learn something new about what's going on in the world today or to understand something a little bit better that maybe you didn't know too much about. Either way, I hope you enjoy and thank you so much for listening. Joining me today is my friend Adrian, who I met when we both worked at a tech company for the mortgage industry. And I feel like I can candidly say our friendship started out a bit rocky, (laughs) but we've remained close over the years, mostly in part due to Haley. But I do feel like we do have a friendship on our own now, and I wouldn't have seen that when we first met, probably. (laughs) Um, But thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So I'm excited to have you here because I really want to talk about your traveling adventures, get your opinion on everywhere you've been, kind of travel tips, anything that you might have, places that we should all visit. Um, And then, so before we kind of get into that, I just want to talk about earlier this year, you decided that you were going to go on some, you're going to give up everything. Basically, you're going to trade in your, you know, normal routine lifestyle to go travel the world solo. So kind of what led you to make that decision? Yeah. So I ended up selling all my possessions back in April and decided to travel the world starting in May, which I was thinking of traveling for at least a year if not longer, I just didn't have an end date. Mm -hmm. Uh, What caused me to do that was I have, ever since I jumped into entrepreneurship in 2016, I've racked up a little bit of debt investing in business. So to me, I figured it'll be less expensive to travel the world and live with friends who I know in Europe or live in Asia where it's a lot less expensive than it is here Mm -hmm. where we live in San Diego. So... The most expensive thing would be flights, but once I arrived, say in Europe or Asia, I mean, flights are relatively inexpensive. You can get something for $50 or less to go from one country to the next. And the cost of living, well, in in Europe was free for me because of my friends. Yeah. But living in Asia, I was spending 100 to 150 for rent a month, having my own room at a hotel or uh, like an Airbnb. Yeah. So, of course, it was saving me money. but then long story short facebook got sued by the housing and urban development because i do facebook advertising on the back end so for me what allowed me to actually travel for those six months was because i work from home Mm -hmm. as long as i have my laptop and wi-fi i can work from anywhere in the world and as you mentioned earlier we work together in the mortgage space so once i ventured into entrepreneurship i decided to do digital marketing also in the mortgage space Mm because that's what I know that's what we know Uh, but yeah they got sued by HUD which is housing and urban development and they got sued because of the possibility of discrimination when it comes to targeting so that literally left me SOL 
I they removed all the targeting options, so I couldn't generate quality leads for originators anymore. Yeah, and that's been like that for two months. Mm -hmm. So now, once I got back, which was in November, so I was gone for it was pretty much six months. Mm -hmm. um, so now I've been back for a month, at least at the time of this recording. Um, now I'm settling down back mm -hmm. here in San Diego, looking for full time work uh, to go back into the space to start my own travel app. Yeah which will happen in the future once I pay off my debt. I mean, six months is a lot longer than I think most people would last <laughs> traveling on their own, you know, and you and I have talked about it. Like traveling on your own is hard and yeah. you want someone there with you doing these things mm -hmm. and exploring these different places. So, I mean, six months is a really long time. Yeah. It's halfway to what you thought it was going to be. You know, you set that mark at least for a year. So you did it. You sold everything. So yeah. how does your so what does life look like when you come back from six months being abroad and basically living out of a backpack? I don't want to say it's weird. I would say it's normal for me because mm. I'm a minimalist to begin with it hasn't been hard but it hasn't been easy either because i did sell everything um i got rid of my car i got rid of like my bed so you know i'm currently living at my brother's place it's difficult because i have to also figure out okay how do i get around because i am carless and i'm currently yeah. living an hour north of san diego so it's like uh i need to start planning things out more yeah to be able to follow through with any plans that i make but i like it because then you know i can come down to san diego for a week mm -hmm. and still be doing relatively the same thing I was yeah. when I was traveling abroad. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that difficult, but I'm I'm very happy with where I'm at, but I'm also going to be happier once I settle down, get a place, you know, have furniture and yeah. be able to get around on my own without asking people for rides or without Ubering around. Yeah. But the best feeling to me, like I love to travel, don't get me wrong. The best feeling for me is the flight back home when I'm like right as soon as we're about to land, whether it's in San Diego or LAX, because mm -hmm. then you're coming back to your comfort, what you're used to and what you're now. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of traveling, I mean, you've traveled a lot throughout the years. Was traveling something that your like family did or is that something that as an adult you like decided I want to go see the world and I don't care who comes with me type of thing? That's a good question. So I actually was talking about this with a friend yesterday. What prompted me to travel is, I get, let me backtrack a little bit. I never had plans to travel. Mm -hmm. It was never something that my family ever did. I rarely did it growing up. And if we did, we stayed local. So um, not sure if your listeners know, but we're from San Diego. So I would go to San Francisco or Las Vegas. And like, yeah. that's the most I ever did. Or I have family in Mexico. So I'd go to Tijuana. But back when I was in college, this was, I believe, in 2012. Um, my brother and my cousin are like, hey, we're going to Cancun. And I still don't consider Mexico to be like international yeah. since it's literally like 15 minutes away yeah. from where we're at right now. <laughs> um, but they're like, hey, do you want to come with us? Like we just went four months ago. We loved it. We did a bunch of activities like you guys should go. So it was me and my other cousin. So there was a total of four of us. And that's the first time that I took a quote unquote trip, an international trip. Yeah. And as soon as we got there, I loved it. Like yeah. I love the ocean. Cancun is all water activity based. And as soon as I did that, I was hooked. Yeah. And so I've been traveling uh, frequently since 2011, did Mexico. So we did Cancun. Then we did Cabo a few months later. And then from there, I opened it up to... Uh, I think the first trip, quote unquote, out of out of 
the first trip out of North America was in China and I actually went to go live there because I was teaching English in China. So that was a bit of a culture shock because I didn't know the language, the culture, yeah. the food, how to get around. Like China's very strict when it comes to using American apps. So like Google Maps didn't work there. So it was fairly difficult, but I like a challenge. And then from there, I've traveled all throughout Europe and Asia. Um, Australia's still on the list. Africa's still on the list. And South America's still on the list. Yeah. How did you get into the like teaching English in China? Was that through school? No. So I never studied abroad while I was in college. Me neither. And, and I, I regretted it so much. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's a regret, but I wish I did do it, which yeah. I mean, regret and wish. It could be the same <laughs> thing, but... Uh, yeah, I was thinking of actually going to Norway when I was studying here at San Diego State, but I didn't want to leave my job because I knew once I came back, I had to start from scratch, mm -hmm. find, you know, find a new place to live, get a job and be able to afford life. So once I graduated college, I had a job, uh, ended up leaving that job after about a year and I was kind of at a roadblock of like, all right, what should I do next with my life? And randomly, I found this ad on Craigslist that said teach English abroad and of course, and knowing us, like, you're like, oh, well, this could be like a scam. Like, yeah. what is this about? So I did my like deep dive research and it was legitimate and I didn't have to pay for anything. They paid for all of it. That's uh, they paid for the certification that allows you to teach English as a foreign language. And they paid for flights to go out there and they housed you. Plus, they gave you a monthly stipend. And yeah, so I did an interview with them got hired and they're like, all right, hey, like you're leaving to go to, to China in two months. Like, do you have a preference of what city you want to go to? And yeah. I was like, yeah, Shanghai, because that's the most like Western westernized city in China. And luckily that's where I ended up at. So even though obviously it was China, it felt kind of like home because yeah. it's Westernized people speak English. Uh, the same things that we're used to in San Diego, you have there as well. Interesting. So, but it's like a westernized city, but you're going there to teach the kids English. Like, are they not being taught that in their regular schools or were you going to a school to teach it? So the kids are being taught English. Mm -hmm. So what a lot of Asian countries or South American countries look for are native English speakers, whether we're from the United States, Australia or England, mm -hmm. because the world wants to know how to speak English. And so they'd rather learn it from someone who's a local in those countries yeah. versus having, say, someone who is, in my case, say Chinese, but gotcha. learn English as a second language. Gotcha. And okay. so we were there. Yeah, we, we were there. We went through a company and got paired at different schools throughout Shanghai. So I actually ended up teaching English to second graders. Oh, that's awesome. Which was, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, but the interesting thing is Chinese students are behind when it comes to English. So even though I was teaching second grade, it was as if I was, say, teaching kindergartners oh. because their grasp of the language wasn't that good as we see children here in, yeah. in the States. I can't imagine learning English as a second language. I feel like it'd be so <laughs> hard. It like, doesn't make yeah. sense. Like yeah. if you don't know it, like it just sounds like garbage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, us being local, like native speakers, yeah. like it's, it's easy. But I mean, me trying to learn other languages, like when I was in China, trying to learn Mandarin, extremely difficult. Yeah. Or like I love Germany and I go to Germany a lot. Yeah. Trying to learn like German is still pretty difficult. Yeah. But at least German to me is a lot easier than than like learning Mandarin yeah. because they have four different tones per letter and it's difficult because you may say a word a certain way, but it may mean completely something different yeah. because of the tonality that you have. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. 
So when you go to Cancun for the first time, it's like your first international trip. And Mm -hmm. then you also go to Cabo, which we're considering international. (laughs) So like, did that like instill in you like certain places you wanted to go to? Like, did, were you looking, you know, did you want to go to more like tropical, like beach areas, like what you were saying? Mm -hmm. Or were you just like, I just want to go see the world type of thing? I think initially I wanted to see the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but then two things inspired me or there's two things that relatively inspire me to choose where I go. Uh, one of them is being friends. So having friends that live around the world. Um, so Germany, for example, like that's one of my favorite countries, but I'm biased because I have really good friends that live there. Yeah. Uh, so I had a friend who studied abroad from Germany, from Munich, who studied abroad here at San Diego state. And that's how I got to know him. And through him, I got to know other Germans who were also studying abroad. So he's like, hey, come visit me in Munich. Like, you should come out. Yeah. And I came out and visited him about a year after I graduated in 2013. It was fun. It was awesome. It was amazing because, again, right, I had a place to stay, but he was showing me around the entire city slash country. Um, so that makes it easy to choose, like, where I want to go. But, two, because I was born and raised here in San Diego, I've been a fish like my entire life. I love the water. I love Mm -hmm. swimming. I love the ocean. So most of my trips tend to revolve around being a coastal city or a coastal country. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So before we get into like your specific experiences with cities and countries that you've been to, can you name off all the countries and cities that you've been to? Not cities. And I don't know if I can name countries. I do keep track of countries I've been to. Yeah. Uh, I know I've been to 21 countries. Oh, my God. Do you really want to sit here and let's see if I can <laughs> yeah, list them out? Yeah, let's see if you can list them okay, out. Okay, so there's there's 21 countries that I've been to. And let me see if I can remember in order. Um, in order of like chronological of, when you... Not chron- of, yeah, of chronological of when I went to. Not in alphabetical <laughs> order. Because that's how I'm going to remember like the, 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 the easiest way. So Mexico is number one. China was two, Germany, England, Costa Rica, uh, Costa Rica, I'm, I'm pretty OCD and have a good memory. So Costa Rica was in 2014, and then I think the next big international trip was back in Europe. So I did, where did I go? I did a Euro trip in 2017 and I hit like 10 countries. Spain, so we're at six, right? Yeah. Spain, then from Spain, Spain we did, was it Iceland, Italy, and then we went back to Germany, which that was already counted, so that's still eight. I was supposed to go to Amsterdam, but I didn't because I got sick. So my friends continued on. Then I did Europe again. This time I did... Austria, so that's nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Prague, so that's Czech Republic, that's 10. Did Portugal, what are we at, at 11? We're at 11. Okay, 11. Then I did Jamaica, so that's 12. Then when I went back to Europe this year, when I traveled for six months, I did a lot of different countries. So we're at 11 or 12? We're at 12. We're at 12. Bosnia's 13. Then I did Croatia, which is 14. From Croatia, I did... Uh, Hungary, so I went to Budapest. And then I did, I forget whether it's Slovenia or Slovakia because it sounds so so familiar, yeah. but I went to Bratislava, which I forget in which country that's at. So where are we at? 16 that's or 17? 16. 16. Then 
these already been to, but then I'm just thinking of like where I went. So I've been to Spain, then I went to Germany. And then I did Thailand, Malaysia, Taiwan. What are we at? We're at 19. So I'm missing two in You're there. You're missing two. Did I say I did say Costa Rica? You did. Didn't you go to Fiji? Did you go to Fiji? Somewhere Indonesia. Indo- okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went to Bali. So it's yeah. 20. And then I'm thinking there's one lost European country in there. Uh, I mentioned Austria, Iceland, Spain, Portugal. We can take your word for it. There's Whatever. 21. There's 21, but I was close. So I named off the 20. You named 20 out of 21, which is really impressive. And then so when you're traveling to Europe versus traveling to like Asia or Central Mm -hmm. America or South America, like what is that experience like? Because I've never been to Europe. I've been to Asia and I've been to like Central America. So what was your experience? What has your experience been like when you're traveling in Europe or to Europe? So the 21st country was France. I just thought about it because I went to Paris. So I had to go back to that. <laughs> uh, Europe is is fun. It's it's fairly easy to get around mm-hmm. because their public transportation is amazing. Literally in every city that you go to, it's easy. It's in English and the local language. Plus, you can use Google Maps. Uh, but the thing is, is everywhere in Europe, they speak English. Like mm-hmm. that's, I think, something that people don't understand is a lot of the world does actually speak English. English, mm-hmm. even if it's broken, mm-hmm. but you can get by when you go to other countries, especially Europe. But Europe is fun. Uh, you get the very old school 1400s type of feel and vibe. So there's a lot of architecture, uh, museums that you can go see. Yeah. But the food is also amazing. But yeah, and, and the other thing too that people don't realize is it's relatively inexpensive to go to Europe. You, you can get a round trip flight from LA for or a little Mm -hmm. bit less. Um, And then if you stay in hostels, like you're relatively living pretty, pretty inexpensively while still enjoying whatever it is that you like to do. So there's a little bit of everything for everybody, whether it's sightseeing or like doing physical activities. Mm -hmm. And then so kind of what you touched base on when you went to China, like you didn't have access to Google Maps. You Mm -hmm. the English there is probably more broken, like especially because we're non-existent. Yeah, we're (laughs) non-existent. So like what were like... How was that like when you're in China and you're trying to communicate or get places like how like what would you recommend for someone who's going there for the first time is learn about the local apps like that's a big thing. So they had something I believe it's called Baidu if I remember correctly. It's been six years. Mm-hmm. That was their version of Google. Gotcha. And even though it was in Mandarin, you can still type English words in there. Mm-hmm. But. I learned how to say like, where is this? And then I'll point to something. So I'll bring it up on my phone and say, hey, I'm trying to get to this venue. Yeah. Or if I'm at a restaurant, I want this. And then I would point to the food that I want. So another thing that helped was using Google Translate or translating app Mm -hmm. that allowed you to translate whatever you were looking at. Uh, Either than that is don't be scared or shy or nervous to talk to people, even though they can't speak English or maybe their English isn't that great at all. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for directions or ask for recommendations. Mm -hmm. Some of the best times and experiences I had while I was in China was hanging out with people who knew no English. And obviously I didn't know any Mandarin, but we would still go out and go to the movies or go play pool or go get a drink. And you can still get by without the language, but you can tell based off of people's movements or, you know, the, 
if they're smiling or whatever the case is, yeah. like you can tell like, okay, we're enjoying, we're having fun. And you can generally communicate without speaking. Like it's, yeah. it's a lot easier than people think. Yeah. So, but yeah, just get to know the actual country that you're going to and go on forums or like Facebook groups and learn like the necessities of the types of apps that you need in order to get by. Yeah. And obviously the like political climate was different back then when you were there, but were people hesitant to talk to you because you were American or anything like that? Because you mentioned like they're very anti like American or U.S. like apps and like the internet, like there's restrictions and stuff like that. No. So that's just based like the Chinese government is very restrictive of the type of apps or software that they can use. So a lot of social media is blocked there. So you're not allowed to use Facebook or Twitter or Google Maps unless you have a VPN. Mm -hmm. But the mentality of the Chinese people is completely different than the Chinese government. By far to me, the Chinese people were the nicest people ever. And I felt the safest in China out of all the countries that I've ever been to or visited or even being here home, like yeah. in San Diego or California. Yeah. Uh, but no, they were very open. But again, I also don't look quote unquote American. Like I'm, yeah. I'm Mexican. So <laughs> when they see me, they're like, uh, like what race are you or what are you? And so yeah. I learned how to say I'm Mexican in Mandarin. Yeah. And people were just shocked and amazed that, holy smokes, like we have someone from Mexico coming to visit here. So <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, but with the other people that I worked with who were like American who have a very light skin tone. Yeah. They f- look at them towards like as if they're celebrities. So like yeah. they come up and like, hey, can we take pictures, especially if I have blonde hair? Oh, my so like, goodness. yeah, they get invaded by like Asian people asking for like autographs or pictures just because they haven't seen that many like Americans there. Yeah. But all they see is what they see on TV or whatever they can. Yeah. After they bypass like the government's restrictions and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. they probably think everyone's like a movie star and like yeah. rich and a yeah. celebrity and stuff. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's just so crazy to like think about that. And then so the next thing I kind of want to get into is when you're traveling, whether you're alone or whether you're with people, do you like to have like set plans, like set things that you want to do? Or are you more of like, OK, I wake up in the morning and I'm going to see where it takes me because there's a I feel like there was a time that you were in Thailand and there was like a video or something and you were just on some like random person's bike and we didn't know if it was your friend like we didn't know who it was like we were just like what in the world is happening both your simple (laughs) answer is both um I am very plan like oriented I do like to set up plans especially here being home uh initially I was like that when I started to travel Mm mm-hmm not to the like the very hour because yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. What I used to do is I would come up with a list of things to do. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, cool, we'll do these two or three things mm-hmm. today. We'll do these next two things on Tuesday. And given depending on the activity, of course, we would allocate time. So if it's something that would take all day, then we would just do it one day. But I don't set an alarm. I'd wake up whenever I want to wake up. Yeah. And then I would go do the activity. And however it lasts, it lasts. And if I don't mm-hmm. get through all the activities I wanted to that day, I just push it forward to the following day. Yeah. When I was in Europe and Asia for these past six months, no plans at all. Again, I just came up with a list of things that I wanted to do. If the weather was good and I felt like doing an activity, then I would go out and do that activity. Yeah. But going back to me being on the bike, so when I was in Asia, they have the uber equivalent you could hop on the back on a, of a scooter. That's insane <laughs> to me. That seems so dangerous. And it's so inexpensive to get 
10, 15 miles would be like a dollar, $2. Yeah. And the fastest way, because Asia is so populated and so crowded, was to get on a scooter. scooter yeah. So yeah, so you would come get picked up by a scooter. You hopped on the back. They gave you a helmet and they took you to your destination. And That's so hilarious. <laughs> it's just, it's... It's so smart. Like It's smart. Yeah. Uh, of course, you have pollution and all that because that's all you're breathing is fumes and yeah for the most part in asia they have more scooters than they do cars yeah one because it's less expensive but two because asia is pretty crowded but because it is so crowded when you get to a stoplight you're lined up next to literally a hundred scooters yeah so you have like 10 10 scooters besides you to the right 10 to the left and like a hundred behind you so to me i recorded it because it literally felt like mario kart the light would turn red and then it would go yellow before it go green and then boom we're off and it seems if we were just racing (laughs) but i loved it i mean that's part of the experiences that you have to do when you're in another country yeah so i'm the type of person that dives into the culture and does what local people would do yeah versus just hanging out at the hotel the resort because i just can't do that if i went across the world to you know go see asia then i'm gonna go do things of like yeah you're not gonna be like the tourist that just follows like an itinerary and like has certain things that they have to do each day yeah so what are your top three favorite like cities that you've been to i have to think about that mallorca is very high up there so mallorca is an island in spain mm-hmm. absolutely love it i've gone there i think once every year for the past three to four years uh, i love it because it's spain i love spain mm-hmm. uh, the culture is amazing but it's also fairly secluded, so there's not that many people that visit. Uh-huh. So when people go, there's Palma, which is the very touristy area, mm-hmm. but you still have the entire island, which probably takes you an hour, hour and a half to get from one end to the other. Uh, but their waters are crystal clear blue, which is something that I'm a fan of. Yeah. So And then they're secluded as well. So you're there and you're relatively by yourself. There might be like 50 other people there and that's it. I love Munich, but again, that's me being biased because mm-hmm. uh, I have friends who live there. So I know the things that locals would do there versus what tourists would do. Yeah. So tourists tend to just go to big breweries and like, yeah. oh, this is amazing or going to like their downtown. Yeah. But like I know all sort of the local secret uh, off the path uh, spots. So that's the second one. The third one, it's hard. I loved Costa Rica. There's not a specific city because I actually ventured all throughout Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth one would probably have to be Shanghai. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that's also because I was there for a long period of time. So I yeah. got to know the city, yeah. what to do, what not to do. But yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to answer. I It's... To me, it's never a good question when you go and meet someone. They're like, yeah. oh, what's the favorite country you've ever been to? I know yeah. you said top three cities, yeah. but it's just, just hard because there's it just depending on what you like, what you do. But also yeah. every country has its own vibe, so it's hard to answer. Yeah. Uh, but I would say uh, those would be the, the three or four cities that I actually enjoyed. Do you have any that are like your least favorite that you wouldn't want to go back to again? Paris. everyone says that about paris everyone i know that's ever been there yeah paris i didn't like the people they were relatively rude Uh, i almost got into a fight with a pedicab because we got driven from or ridden whatever the proper word is there from notre dame to the eiffel tower Uh and 
when before we got on the ride, I was like, hey, how much does it cost? Because he spoke perfect English. And he was like, oh, it's 20 euros. And there was a total of two of us. So it's like 20 euros for both of us, 10 euros each. It's like, yeah, 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 that's fine. So once we got dropped off at the Eiffel Tower, he tried to rip us off and say, no, it's 20 euros a person when we settled on 20 euros total yeah and i gave him 20 euros and he didn't take it he like put his hand out then he dropped the money he's like i don't want to take your money so i was like okay i'll take up my money so i picked it up and i started walking away and then he ran me from behind with his bike and i was ready to throw a punch but my cousin actually like stopped me and he's like hey like we're in a foreign country we've never been here we don't know what's gonna happen yeah let's just pay him the other money so he ended up forking out the other 20 euros to pay him but even then, just walking around or talking to people, like asking for directions or anything, people would just ignore you or just kind of like, eh, brush you off. There was one guy, though, that was truly amazing. He was a waiter that we had. Um, I have a lot of stories, so I don't know how much you want me to like dive deep into these. Uh, we fell in love with him because we ended up missing our train to go to, from Paris to London. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up needing to get a hotel. And we were at the restaurant that he was working at try to book a hotel and try to figure out the the train times for the following day mm-hmm. and once we got settled in the hotel we had to go to the market to go get some things that we needed mm-hmm. and we decided to go get a drink one drink turned into like five so we were out from like 10 p.m to oh, five in the gosh. morning but at like two in the morning once we were walking back to our hotel we saw this bar that was still open one of the last ones that was still open and went up running into the waiter that tended us earlier that day. Oh my and even though he didn't know any English, we didn't know any French, we ended up hanging out and talking over beer for three hours. And that caused us to miss like three trains the following day to London. Uh, so we didn't get out to London until like 2 p.m. the following day. But <laughs> those are the crazy fun stories that you just go yeah. with, you know? Like, so again, like, you know, these things were never set in stone. It just kind of like, hey, do you want to go grab a beer? One beer turned into five when it'll be up for seven hours. Yeah. But we had an amazing time meeting French people and talking to this guy for three hours. And he's like, hey, you yeah. know, like I know you ran because we told him about the story that I just told you. He's like, hey, that doesn't depict all French people. Like when you come back, just, you know, send me a message and we'll hang out. Uh, but I've never been back. But that's for sure. Obviously, as fast as I said it. One of the places I never want to go back to. Yeah, it's so interesting because I feel like everyone I know that's been there has like that same experience where the people are rude. It's super expensive. It's what for one reason or another, like they just don't like it and they just don't want to go back ever. Don't get me wrong. Like Paris and France as a Mm -hmm. whole is is fun. It's amazing. There's a lot to do. The food was great, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just given my interest and my likes yeah I, I wouldn't go back yeah well if you want to go to places to get to know the people and like the cult understand the culture and stuff and if they're rude like you're automatically going to be turned yeah. off by it so I totally get that so you also mentioned earlier that when you were in China like that was where you have felt safest mm-hmm. when you're traveling abroad or even when you're home so has there ever been a time when you were traveling abroad that you felt like unsafe or like you were like in a situation you know that you'd that was sketchy or anything like that surprisingly no like I, I don't want to say like i've ever felt unsafe or scared uh i think being a seasoned traveler i'm more alert of mm-hmm. things that are happening in my surroundings uh but i wouldn't necessarily say i felt unsafe it's just again like your senses and you guys a whole you're more heightened to your surroundings mm-hmm. uh, like for example in bosnia took a bus from Croatia to go back to Bosnia and we got dropped off at like 1230 and decided to walk back home. It was 1230. It was pitch black. There's really no street lights. 
uh, I wouldn't, again, necessarily say I was scared, but of course I was paying attention. Okay, there's two guys across the street or there's yeah. a group of people here. But I've never been pickpocketed. I've never had my wallet stolen, my passport stolen. But no, I mean, even then going to Mexico, like a lot of people like look down on Mexico, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's very drug and cartel driven. Like, don't you ever feel unsafe? Never. Yeah, I feel the same way. I've never traveled anywhere that I felt unsafe. No. But I think that's why a lot of people don't travel is because they feel like there's da- like there's it's dangerous out there. And I'm like, it's yeah. dangerous here. It's dangerous yeah. everywhere. It's dangerous everywhere. Yeah. So it's like if you if you just don't want to travel, that's one thing. But if that's the one thing that's keeping you back, I just I don't think anybody should let that stop them from going places. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think there's like two senses of of danger that people see one or like terrorist attack like terrorist attacks mm-hmm. like i've been in europe when what i don't know it was the belgium train like there was an explosion on the oh, train yeah but i was in europe but i wasn't in belgium but you have things like that but that's going to happen everywhere else because you have the same thing that happens here in the states yeah um, but then you also have just regular crime where mm-hmm. you know maybe a knife is pulled out on you or a gun is yeah but you have the same dangers here yeah in san diego and california um but yeah, I've never had any situation like that. But I think the key is is not to look like or act like a tourist. You have to be confident just as if you own the place and you lived there before. So of course, I'm not walking around with, you know, like a fanny pack or yeah. one of those uh, necklace things that holds your wallet and your passport or a camera that's around your neck. You know, like yeah. for me, it's like, no, I'm walking like I own the place. I've been here before. Yeah. And people don't think otherwise when they see me. So Yeah. Well, I just think like, don't be stupid. Like, don't yeah. just follow some random stranger somewhere yeah. if you're by yourself or, if, you know, like trust your gut too. Yeah. like your gut will tell you if something bad yeah. is about to happen i mean it's easier too for me because i'm a guy so mm-hmm. it's obviously easier compared to a woman yeah uh but yeah don't get into sketchy situations like taken and share a taxi yeah. ride with somebody you know like <laughs> yeah. be smart about things so yeah i mean i guess is there anything like when you've traveled that like you would just say was like your best memory from traveling abroad and that's probably gonna be hard because you've traveled to 21 countries but Ooh. is there just anything that you know, just really stands out as the most fun you've ever had. Every trip always stands out yeah. because obviously I chose that destination for a reason. So when it comes to traveling, it has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. It's not as if it's all just ups and it's always happy 100% of the time because it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you run into problems. Like, as I mentioned, I missed three trains to go to, to London from Paris. I could honestly, I, I can't answer that question, not to a specific city, but a specific trip. Uh, when I went and did a Euro trip in 2017, it was by far the most fun I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Because even though we did plan every city that we went to, we did a city either every day or every other day. Mm-hmm. And so we spent two and a half weeks in Europe and we went to... I think it was like five different countries to 10 different cities. And we crammed that in about 14 days. Mm-hmm. It was exhausting. It was tiring. But a lot of my travel stories where things went wrong happened yeah. on that trip. Yeah. And I can literally recount a story from each city that I went to where things did go wrong. But we also had the most fun because it was even though we knew which cities we were going to, we didn't have a strict itinerary. So we just went with the flow met people from all around the world, had amazing stories that I know I'll look back onto and you know, be like, oh, that was the most fun I've ever had. I don't know if I'd ever do that again, though. Mm-hmm. I'd rather stay in a city for three to four days 
like minimum yeah then traveling all the time because we were sleeping on buses overnight on taking yeah. planes overnight um so it was exhausting but yeah i had the most fun like i mean i'm just recounting all the stories i have now on all the mishaps that we had i went shoeless in spain oh uh, we God. went to the wrong airport in iceland but it was it was the most fun I've had on yeah. pretty much all my trips. Yeah, that's awesome. I really want to go to Europe. That's I want to go everywhere in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> that's like next on my list. So speaking of that, what places that you've never been to are on your list to go to? Do you, are there any still? There's two. My top two, and these have been my top two for a while. Uh, Australia is one of them. But there's big bugs there and big snakes. But I'm okay with that. Like <laughs> <laughs> the snakes, I might have a problem with yeah. uh, bugs. I relatively don't care. Those, I mean, even though there's like those, those big spiders? spiders, yeah, wolf spiders. I think that's what they're called. Yeah, no, thank yeah. you. But I think it'd be cool to road trip across what's their east coast because mm-hmm. their east coast is like what's more civilized. Their mm-hmm. west coast is all like desert, so it's yeah. all kangaroos and all that stuff. Uh, also, my favorite band is from Australia, so I think it'd be cool to go see them in Australia. Like that's yeah. another reason when people ask, like, why do you travel? Uh, because I follow my favorite musicians around the world. Like, I just, it's just like crazy random things like that. And then Brazil. Like I really want to go to Brazil. I think it'd be awesome to do the carnival there in Oh February. my gosh, I've always wanted to do that there. So yeah, that's another reason why I travel is to go follow different events that are happening around the world. Yeah. Like I go back to Germany and Munich every September to go Oktoberfest. Love it. Uh, but I think the culture, the people... The music and the food in Brazil would be amazing. Uh, and then three, not necessarily a specific country, but I want to go to Africa. I haven't done any research where, but to do a safari. Like, I yeah. think it'd be cool to go see lions. And I think they call it the big five out in the wild doing their own thing. Then yeah. going to the zoo or SeaWorld or whatever it is. Yeah, I really want to go to South Africa. Uh, that's someplace I've always wanted to go to because yeah. it just seems really beautiful there. Yeah. And then I also really want to go to Morocco, which is like yeah. not necessarily the safest place probably, but also like we were just talking about, there's danger everywhere, you know, yeah. and you just have to be smart about it because everyone freaks out when I tell them yeah. that. And I'm like, but it's going to be so fun. Yeah. So I've been to areas where there have been, like when you look at the United States government website where there have mm-hmm. been like level three or level four, I think yeah. level four is the highest. Still felt safe. Like I went yeah. to Jamaica never had a problem yeah i feel exactly i went to the dominican republic which yeah. was like really sketchy yeah. but um you know i honestly always felt safe there too and i i mean if you go to mexico you walk around and their soldiers or cops or whatever walking around yeah. with like ak you know these massive guns that they don't need so yeah. it's just like there's gonna be danger no matter where you go it just depends yeah. on what's worth it to you yeah, I mean, even when we went to December nights a couple of weeks ago, yeah. like there was police walking with AK-47s or like yeah. automatic rifles. And to me or us, we we're just like, wait, what? Like yeah. this isn't normal, you know, yeah. like to see this at home. So, yeah. you know, like it's like we were saying the danger is everywhere. It doesn't matter where you go. Anything could happen. But don't let that stop you from traveling anywhere. Mm-hmm. So if you can sum up like your advice or your recommendations for people who are wanting to start thinking about traveling abroad, what would your tips be for them? Uh, It sounds cliche, but just do it. Like Mm -hmm. you only live once. To me, I prefer spending money on experiences, which those are the things that you'll be able to look back on and be like, that was amazing, that was fun versus buying materialistic things. And 
the truth is it's not that expensive to travel around the world mm -hmm. yeah there are specific activities that are expensive like a safari i get that mm -hmm. but if you want to just go to africa it's inexpensive if you want to go to you know europe it's inexpensive like i mentioned earlier i mean you can go to europe a one-way flight for two hundred dollars and then just sort of work your way around yeah and be fine with 40 50 bucks a day yeah like, and it's that's a thing that a thing that people don't realize but i don't know i think it's a lot of people are also complacent you know they are used to being in their comfort zone and they don't want to get out so they don't want to experience uh, a new culture a new country a new city but to me i think that's what helps you that's one of the things that helps you grow as a person mm -hmm. but also lets you see life from a different perspective yeah so don't get me wrong i love the states i love living here in san diego but it's also amazing to see how other people live all around the world. Yeah, that was my big thing because I went to Japan. Well, I was born in Japan and I mm -hmm. went back to Japan when I was like 12, 13. Yeah. And I was not at a state in my life where I could like be open to the culture. Yeah. So I just hated it and I didn't appreciate it. So that's like Japan, like Tokyo is definitely on my list again to go back yeah. there to so actually like appreciate it and not yeah. be a brat. But I couldn't help it. I was a preteen. Um, but that's that's what it comes down to yeah. is is the appreciation of their culture and how other people live. But also once you start to travel a little bit more, mm -hmm. you'll start to appreciate your own life yeah. more. Yeah. And that's one thing that I realized because we are very fortunate living in the United States. A lot of other countries around the world mm -hmm. aren't don't have the same standards of living as we do. Yeah. So it's like in Asia, yeah, you don't have, you know, say a working toilet or a working shower or, you know, you're eating food that's dirty, you know, yeah. that wasn't like washed or cleaned. Uh, but just about the only other countries that are that are like us are countries that are in Western Europe. Yeah. And that's it. You know, yeah. you go to Africa, you go to Asia, you go to yeah. like Central South America their standard of living is way lower and it, it humbles you. Like it, yeah. it just makes you realize like, yeah, I appreciate my life and what I have. Yeah, absolutely. Really quick before I get into like my last question for you. So when you decided to go travel abroad, you were going to go to Europe, but you couldn't stay there for a certain amount of time, right? Like there was mm -hmm. a limit on how long you could be there. So can you talk a little bit about what that was like? Yeah. So as Americans, as U.S. citizens, you're only allowed to stay in Europe for 90 days. Mm -hmm. And that's in, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it's in the Schengen zone, which are, I think, 13 out of like the 25 or 26 countries that are in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's 90 days in a rolling 180 day period. Uh, so I have to make sure that I spend six months elsewhere before I can go back. But I this on this last trip, I stayed there for like 86 or 87 days. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking of going back and actually getting a visa. So there's always a way you can get a visa in any country that you're in to stay there longer. Uh, of course, it takes money and it costs and it, and it, it takes time and it costs money. Yeah. Um, but no, I was there and I timed it perfectly. And I knew that I needed to leave because... The two main reasons I went to Europe was to go see a German band play in Germany and then Oktoberfest. Mm -hmm. So I knew I was going to go to Oktoberfest on a set date. So I ended up leaving two days later. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, just make sure wherever country you go to, do your research. For the most part, as Americans, you can go anywhere with mm -hmm. just your passport. But there are some countries that require you to get a visa. So make sure you check with, I think it's like travel.state.gov. But the, the American website that tells you, uh, any visa requirements 
and any passport requirements because mm-hmm. also there's some places where you need your passport to be current and not expire within six months interesting because i feel like the process to get visas in the united states is really lengthy and really hard so yeah. i wonder if it's like the same or if it's any easier in countries like in for them to come like visit the states no for you to like if you had wanted to get the visa there i wonder what your process would have been like oh it's a lot i think it's a lot harder really Uh, yeah like because i was looking into getting visa in germany but as an american you have to go to an american embassy and it's not as if they're everywhere all around the world there's typically like one per country oh my gosh um but yeah like also i was thinking of staying in thailand for a little bit longer and then again, like I would have to go to Bangkok if I was in Phuket or something like that yeah. to get a visa to stay there for longer. But then, yeah, you have the requirements that you need. Uh, sometimes it's a letter of recommendation. Then you have to get like your passport photos. Yeah. So you have to jump through hoops. And then, of course, the applications are in the local language, even though it's as American trying to get a visa. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I don't know how to speak Thai, so I can't read this application. I don't understand. So they needed a higher translator. So it's a lengthy process when you're traveling abroad and trying yeah. to get a visa to go to another country. It's obviously a lot easier when you're here in the States before you leave and go somewhere else. But you always figure it out. Someone else has done it. So yeah. you join forums or groups yeah. on social media and you just ask people who have done it before and you usually get great advice so you can do it and continue traveling wherever you want to go. Yeah. And speaking of which, you have an Instagram that's separate for like your travel stuff. Mm-hmm. What is that Instagram? It's Let's Plore, L-E-T-S-P-L-O-R-E. Uh, so it combines the words Let's Explore and it literally chronicles all the travels that I do around the world. So if you go on there, you'll see all the past six months of my travels in Europe and in Asia and also all my previous travels that I've done before. Yeah. So does like anybody ever reach out to you on that, like asking you questions about traveling? Sometimes. Like I don't, I'm not that active in there now because I'll You're say I'm traveling. back home. I'm not yeah. traveling. But yeah, I do get people asking for advice or also people just wanting to meet up and do something together, whether mm-hmm. it's photography or videography, because I tend to record i rarely ever take any pictures yeah it's also vetted the edit videos that i put on youtube but it's just also about just networking and meeting with people when you're across the world so yeah i feel as if i get more advice back home from friends or from other people versus like on on social media or while i'm there yeah Yeah. it's very cool though it's very neat to be able to see all the stuff that you did while you were away from home and everything and that's where we saw you riding on that random bike (laughs) Well, thank you for joining me today, and here's to new adventures in 2020. Hopefully some trips planned in the future. Thank you for having me. I do. Uh, I'll leave it with this. I'm going to end it with two crazy things. I want to go shark diving with Great Whites, and I want to go free diving with uh, killer whales, with orca whales. So Mm -hmm. that, I think, is on my list for 2020 is to go to Norway and go free diving with orca whales. But yeah, here's some more adventures. I'm excited. Definitely.